This is the punt return with Woot and Y. And it's all proudly brought to you by Reading the Play. The place to go for the winning edge. Alrighty, welcome back to another episode of The Punt Return. It is the final week of the 2017 regular season in the National Football League. And uh, joining me to talk all things NFL and to give us his play of the week is Mr. NFL from Reading the Play. Uh, lost last week, one of our worst weeks last week, mate. But uh, we'll try and uh, make do here and, and salvage that in week 17. Yeah, you're, you're right. You said tough week last week, but mate, um, we move on, and then just looking at our numbers over the course of the season, you know, I, I think we're plus money well and truly. So I, yep. I still think we, you know, well, we've got a bit in the bank to play with. And, you know, again, we look at week 17 and going through the card, you know, we really need to tread warily again and make sure we're picking those right teams that are motivated and, you know, and, and have things to play for or on an upward uh, spot, you know, um, upward trend. You know, yep. teams like uh, the 49ers, they look good to go up away. But yeah, uh, I think we're, we'll find something good here this week. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I thought choosing motivated teams last week would do the trick, but uh, unfortunately some motivated teams uh, laid some eggs in a big spot, the Detroit Lions and the Dallas Cowboys. So, look, uh, some some tough losses. That was my worst week on the punt return. We haven't had a losing week since week 10, so it's been a bit of a good run um, since then. So it had to come to an end, but um, it pushed our win record here on the show from um, over 60% down to 55%. Um, so we're, we're still um, 50, 38, and 3, and you are 8, 7, and 1 with your best bets, but I know you're doing much better um, for the reading the play subscriptions and and people messaging, uh, getting those text message tips um, every single week. But uh, looking at week seventeen, what is your play this week? To your final play of the regular season here on the punt return. Yeah, well, let's finish off with a win in the regular season, and you know, again, I'm looking at teams that you know are on cusp of playoffs or or are in there and. You know, important factors in my selection. You know, I'm going with the Chargers this week at home against the Raiders, and you know, it, it, it's it's a, it's a team that really needs to win and needs a result or two to go its way to make sure it ensures its uh, playoff berth in the wise the wild card. And, and just sort of adding weight to my selection is if you look at all the teams so far that have made the playoffs um, or are virtually assured. And you're comparing that to DVOA numbers and, and rate and rankings. Strangely enough, the DVOA one through ten um, are all teams that um, are virtually in the playoffs or already qualified. Um, and that team number eleven out of the twelve teams that will make the uh, postseason is the Chargers, and <laughs> the Chargers are sitting there on the edge. And I think they're a good enough team there. They're ranked 11th in DVOA and matching them up across the board against Oakland. You know, their, their DVOA on a defensive and offensive side, you know, uh, are much better, especially their offense versus the Oakland defense. Um, looking at the other metrics in, in the yardages per game and, you know, on the rushing and passing side, all the numbers lean towards um, the charges. And, you know, I still think they're, they're trending up and I still think, with a chance of making postseason, I think they're a good play. Uh, it's a tricky number, the minus eight, but over the course of the last, you know, four or five weeks, their results have been pretty good, and, and they've been in teams, you know, convincingly. I know they they won by seven last week against the Jets, but a, a road win is any is always a very good win. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they get them back home. Um, they beat them earlier in the season. Um, yeah, I, I just I like the play, I like the spot, and I like the Chargers' um, chances of you know sneaking in. You know, I think I think they do too. So you know, I, I like the play. Yeah, I I don't mind the play. The eight is annoying. Um, if you can get a touchdown, maybe you want to buy back um, some cents and and take a little bit of a hit on the on the price. I think that could be an option um, for the punters if they prefer to do that. Um, but in saying that, you're right. Like they beat, they've won ugly um, at times. But last week, that, that's a game the old Chargers would have lost um, or, or found a way to lose. So that's um, something to to note down for for Chargers fans and, and people betting on the Chargers is that's that's a game they normally would have blown or found a way to blow. Um, we've seen it multiple times with the Chargers. Um, but uh, you know the Oakland, they're on a short week as well, having played on uh, Christmas Day. Uh, here, so you know, and they're not great. A lot of that week, a lot of that game last week was Nick Foles being very, very bad, um, as a, as opposed to them being very, very good. So, um, I don't mind the Chargers. I do think they win, um, and uh, yeah, I don't mind it. I I like that you're going with the Chargers here. They're kind of in our spirit team or, or the spirit animal of the the punt return this year. Um, taken some some unlucky losses, but have rallied to. Still find a way to win and 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 uh, end up having a winning season. Yeah, you're right. I look at you know they've, they've been our side. I think you know uh, symbolically you know we've sort of rallied around them a bit and you know after their poor start and you know the numbers that they've produced after week four you know have been really good on their win loss and 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 what Rivers has been doing you know I I, I still think they're that chance of making a playoff and. You know, I think their home record is a lot better than their road, despite that. Well, they did get that win against the Jets on the road last week. Like you said, it wasn't pretty, but they still won by seven. And, you know, road wins a great win. And I just think it's a good spot. I like the chances at home. All right. So the Chargers minus eight is your play for week 17. Uh, Mr. NFL, thanks for joining us uh, through the regular season. But uh, the good news is you'll uh, be with us right until uh, the end of the the uh, postseason as well as we'll continue the show um, in a reduced or, or a different format um, over the coming weeks. But uh, what can you uh, tell the listeners about uh, reading the play as we hit? Uh, we're in the middle of college bowl season and as we hit the uh, NFL playoffs. Oh, look, yeah, I'm excited about what the, the playoffs are going to offer, and uh, we get a chance to really, you know, analyze. You know, a very limited number of games very closely and get the best out of it, and you know, m- make good judgments on on those four games so it's going to be exciting moving forward and um, hopefully we can kick it off with a win this, this week and you know the multi salutes and you know the reading play we've got all the regular uh, subscriptions available and um, the BBL is, is big and bad and it's going sensationally so you know get on board there it's great value and you know again you can mix and match between that the horse racing and, and the A-League so you know plenty of options at reading the play and you know, uh, as well as these college players that'll be coming up to, um, we'll finish off big with uh, with the big games coming up in the next week or so. And um, yeah, uh, looking forward to the college very much so, and in the playoffs in the NFL. And you know, I think you guys should come over and join us uh, even for the limited time that we've got left. Yep, I definitely suggest uh, people get on that. Um, head to readingtheplay.com dot com and check that check that out, Mister NFL. Enjoy your New Year's, and uh, we'll technically be speaking next year. Yeah, we'll look forward to it. And again, I look forward to the rest of the podcast and the rest of the plays. And, you know, uh, guys, listen up. We've had some good uh, wins this year and, you know, we're, we're plus money. So we'll finish big.
All right. As I said to Mr. NFL, week 16 was a really, really tough week. Um, our first 0-5 and five week on the show. We haven't had a losing week since week 10 where we went 1-6. and six. Um, and then it looks like week seven, we went two and four, and then week five, two and four, week three, two and four. But all the rest have been winning weeks, or at least break even weeks. So we're at the 55% win rate, um, across me and Woot. It's been me since week 13 doing five plays a week. Started off quite strong, um, and then petered off now the last two weeks as we get to some interesting matchups. Week 17 presents itself a lot of opportunity. Um, if we did the show yesterday um, instead of today, I would have had a, a great opportunity for you with with one of my plays, um, having with the price having flipped completely. I'm still going to go with that team at the minus rather than the plus still because I just think it's a, a great play. I'll get to that in a minute. Um, but just looking at last week, that Indy Baltimore game came really close to being it over. A lot of the public money was on on the under, according to. Uh, some of the uh, Twitter accounts that that, that project uh, all that sort of cash flow and statistics for you, uh, such as covers and things like that. Um, but Detroit minus four and a half, I think that could have been a win if uh, Jim Caldwell challenged that Golden Tate catch. I do think that could have been a catch. Um, that drive would have continued. They would have been at halfway mark. Um, they could have scored a touchdown. Um, or if they settled for a field goal, it wouldn't have. It would have still been a loss. But if they had scored on that drive. That would have been a cover, and Detroit would have been in the thick of this playoff hunt in Week 17. And then Dallas, they get down inside the five, and they have Ezekiel Elliott back. You know, the con- one of the consensus top three running backs on the planet. They have this offensive line that's played well, although missing Tyron Smith, who proved to be a, just a vital, vital loss. Um, didn't expect him to be out. I knew he was questionable, but I just didn't expect him to be out um, when we recorded last week. And he has a, a huge impact. I, f- I feel like a lot of um, linemen when they're out uh, have a big have a bigger impact on the line than people realize or, or the effect of a team than they realize but um, if they had punched that in for a touchdown it could have changed the very fabric of the game the Giants were just terrible um, after challenging the Eagles but uh, we learned that the Eagles you know coincidentally are not uh, that great without their MVP candidate at, at quarterback um, so and credit to the Titans they hung in there against the Rams for for a while as well um, but let's let's look at week 17 and uh, that that play that I talked about that that's flipping. Um, so yesterday I got on San Fran plus four at a dollar ninety, um, and then it came out a few hours later that the Rams were going to rest. Well, it was mentioned that the Rams would potentially rest players. It's now being confirmed that the Rams will definitely be resting players, and that price has completely flipped and the market has changed. The the LA Rams are now minus three. Um, so if you got on yesterday or the day before, good on you, but the Rams are minus three, uh, but they're wisely going to, to give, to give this week here to rest some players, avoid any crippling injuries heading into the playoffs. We've seen so many great players go down. Why risk your Goffs and your Girlies and your Donalds going out injured? Um, and potentially a loss here helps them. I think you'd rather be the four seed to go through Philly rather than play Minnesota right now. You definitely fear Minnesota more than then the Philadelphia Eagles, so I definitely agree with the decision from Sean McVay. Whereas the 49ers have everything to play for. A win would mean that they'd end the season undefeated, 5-0 and since Jimmy Garoppolo took over at quarterback. It also gives you such good vibes and energy and momentum heading into the offseason um, and positivity. Um, and I think for Jimmy Garoppolo as well, heading into contract negotiations, 
um, with with the 49ers being undefeated is such a, a good thing to throw out there um, in those meetings with your agent and the team. And I do think that they're they're a good team. They're they're. <laughs> uh, it was interesting, you know, Scott, who's been on our uh, Wooten Wise show uh, during the season, mentioned what if Jimmy Garoppolo started in Week One? What would the 49ers record be if he started in Week One? You know, they lost a few games here. You know, with single digits with Brian Hoyer as their quarterback. So I do think there's definitely an argument to be made here that that they could be an 8-8 eight eight team or a 9-7 and seven team or a 7-9 and nine team with, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback for the entire season. And one of those games was against the Rams. So they were a failed two-pointer away from overtime in Week 3 against this Rams team that had everything to play for. I think they'll be able to win here with no Jared Goff, no... Todd Gurley, no Andrew Whitworth, no Aaron Donald, and I'm sure there'll be a plethora of other players rested on defense and offense as well. So the 49ers, they're 3-1 and straight up. They're 4-0 against the spread in their last four games against the Rams. So they historically play the Rams pretty well anyway. Being a division rival, Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback has been one of the best, probably the best quarterback in the NFL over the last month. Um, so I definitely think the Rams, even um, the 49ers, even at the minus three now, is definitely a play. My next play is Minnesota minus 11.5 against Chicago. I'm going back down the double-digit uh, route here in terms of a line. It's just it's just week 17 so tough that there's just not many other lines to fall in love with. I also do like the Patriots, but I am worried about them resting players at halftime and, and a potential backdoor cover from from the Jets, whereas Minnesota... I do think that they're they're a good team, even if they they start to rest players in the, in the third or fourth quarter. Um, I do think they've just got great depth on defense, and this Chicago offense is is really struggling at the moment. So the Bears they've only lost by eleven and a half or twelve points three times this year, but they don't tend to do well as big underdogs. So they've gone one and four against the spread when they're getting at least seven points. The Vikings they're nine and one against the spread in their last ten. Three covers as favorites of at least seven points across that span. The Vikings' defense as well has allowed less than 10 points in four of its last six games, and only two of those are at home. So this is at home where they're a much better team, and Chicago are not a good road team. So they'll have no problem shutting down Chicago. The, the Vikings are 10-3 and three straight up in their last 13 games at home in December, and the Bears are 2-13 and 13 straight up in their last 15 games on the road. Talk about that Vikings defense being so great at home. Chicago's offense, they've just been hamstrung by it all year, the Bears. They're 29th ranked offense. They're averaging just 16.9 points per game overall this season. And they've only scored more than 12 points just once in its past four road games. So with that in mind, I do think, like what we saw last week, even the Vikings didn't even need to score much and still cover and win by double digits. I think that's going to happen again at home. Um, and the Vikings will want to improve a little bit on their offensive performance last year. They're a little bit patchy, um, couldn't connect. Case Keenum will want to get that back into rhythm as they head into the playoffs. Um, so I definitely think the Vikings minus 11.5 this week against the Bears is a solid play. Um, my third play this week is the Jags plus 3.5 at Tennessee. The Titans, they're not as good as their record suggests. I don't think they'll. I don't think they're going to win this game. Um, against the Jaggers, especially if they don't rest its players. And that's where the risk comes in line with this with this game. So if you're not comfortable in playing a team that may potentially rest players, then that's fine. I definitely 
don't encourage you to do that. Um, but I just don't know if the Jags are going to rest players after the way that they played last week. I just don't think they can sit out this game and head into their first playoff game in a very, very long time on the back of two losses. I do think they want to right their wrongs. I think Blake Bortles will want to improve on what he did last week after a good month of football. Um, the good Wooten Y jinx where we talked, <laughs> me and RJ talked about Blake Bortles' form and then he just uh, threw it all away last week. But um, I definitely think the Jags will not be resting its players uh, as long as other teams are. I think they'll want to uh, make a statement. And they've kind of been the the can that every AFC South team has kicked over the last uh, eight or nine years as well. So I do think that they'll love to, you know, enact revenge here by knocking the Titans completely out of the playoffs by beating them. So And to, and to get back at them for beating them this year, the Titans dealt them their worst loss of the season in a 37-16 loss back in Week 2. So I do think that uh, even if Tennessee get get to a lead, uh, I do think you could see a backdoor cover f- from Blake Bortles if need be. But if the situation's flipped and the Jags do what they do and get out to a lead and then start running the ball well and, and not require Blake Bortles to throw it you know, 50 times, um, I can't see Marcus Mariota leading this team the way that he's played over the last month um, and the way this offense has performed over the last month against this elite Jacksonville defense. I just can't see it happening. Um, so, look, Marone has told reporters he won't be rest, resting his starters and they're going to be all in, but that's coach speak, so who knows. What's going to happen? But the Titans, they've dropped they've dropped three straight, and they're struggling on both sides of the ball. Um, their biggest problem at the moment has actually been Marcus Mariota. Uh, he's just been bad under center. He's, he's just been bad, straight up bad in the second half. He's thrown six touchdowns and ten interceptions since week nine, and the running game has really struggled. They're averaging just uh, 76.3 rushing yards per game in December. As well, so the offense is really struggling at the moment. They struggled against the Cardinals. They struggled against the Rams. Just don't know how they're going to score points against this Jaguars defense. Jacksonville, they're seven and three against the spread in its last ten games on the road. So, taking the Jags plus three and a half against Tennessee. Uh, moving on, I've got two totals to finish out the week. Uh, under thirty-eight and a half, Arizona at Seattle. Arizona's played pretty well this year, um, helping them get to seven and eight. Um, I think they're hitting their peak here in December, despite not having their starting quarterback um, and, and a few injuries as well. But uh, they gave up seven points to, to Tennessee, and they completely shut out the Giants the last two weeks. Seattle's offense, they've really struggled mightily over the last two weeks. They've been held under under 150 total yards in each game. And then on the other side of the ball, I just don't know how Drew Stanton's going to be able to score much against this defense in Seattle that's bounced back after being sort of banged up um, against the Rams. Uh, they, they bounced back in a big way last week. So I do expect this to be quite a low-scoring game. Wilson's you know, been putting the Seahawks on his back um, all season. He's accounted for 35 of the team's 36 touchdowns. So they've been a one-dimensional team and uh, all season, and it's worked for the most part against a, a lot of opponents, but against opponents with a strong defensive lines, you know, like the Rams and the Jags, they've been able to completely shut down the Seahawks. And Arizona is a team very similarly built to those two teams. So I just can see some offensive struggles for the Cardinals, uh, for the Seahawks against the Cardinals. And then likewise from Stanton against 
the Cardinals. So I think the Cardinals' defense, they've been doing everything they can to keep the Cardinals competitive. They've held their opponents to a combined 32 points in their past three games. Only one of them has resulted in a victory, so it's better to just focus on the total rather than the line. The total has gone under in 10 of Arizona's last 14 games. The total's gone under in, in five of Arizona's last six games on the road. And the total's gone under in six of Arizona's last nine games when playing on the road against Seattle. All right, and my last play, another total, is the under 41 in the Houston-Indianapolis game. These two offenses have been playing really horrible of late. Houston have scored 16 or less in all but one game since Deshaun Watson's injury, and they've scored six and seven points in their last two games. Indy's played a little bit better, but they've still only managed 17 or less in six straight weeks as well. So neither defense has played all that well either, but I just don't see both of these teams being offensive juggernauts all of a sudden and, and racking up, you know, huge amount of points, especially when they've both really hypothetically don't have much to play for. They're 60 minutes away from the end of their season and, and a vacation, a lot of these players. The only thing is the Colts racking up some points and being heavily motivated for Chuck Pagano. I'm not sure how motivated one can get for a Chuck Pagano, but we'll wait and see. But the total has gone under in 13 of the Colts' last 15 games against their division at home. That's a great stat. 13 of 15 against their division rivals at home. The total has gone under. The total has gone under in five of Indianapolis' last five games. So I'm really expecting like a 17-10 game or a 20-10 game or, you know, even a 20-17 game, 17-14, something like that. Um, the 41 is a key number here with a lot of... uh NFL total, so get in before that moves. Um, I think that's a that's a huge important part there where you get that edge at 41 before it moves to 40 and a half, 40 or even into the 30s. A lot of really low totals this week, so if you're feeling good about a team's offensive chances, there could be some overbets available for you. But they're my plays this week: Minnesota minus 11 and a half versus Chicago, San Fran minus three versus LA, Jacksonville plus three and a half at Tennessee. Under 38.5 points in the Arizona-Seattle game and under 41 points in the Houston and Indianapolis game. If you're looking for underdogs, um, San Fran at $2.50 yesterday would have been great underdog. I went 0 from 2. I'm 0 from 4 over the last two weeks now on these underdogs. I just can't pick the the required one here. It's it's really hard to pick an underdog this week. Um, you could talk yourself into the Eagles if Nick Foles can... They're going to play Nick Foles, I think. Uh, we'll wait and see for how long for. Um, you could talk yourself into the Packers at 3.35 against the Lions, who now have completely nothing to play for. You could talk yourself into Miami at 2.20 um, to upset division rival Buffalo at home. And the Panthers, can. there's two scenarios this week where they can finish as the number two seed in the NFC, so you could talk yourself into them at 2.65 um, against the Falcons. Um, the Jags, I think, could win that game straight out, right? I think that'll be my my first one. The Jags at two dollars forty against the Titans at two dollars forty. Looking at my other one here, uh, let's go with the Chiefs at two fifty five against the Broncos. Pat Mahomes comes up and proves that he's the real deal here, um, so I'll take the Broncos at two fifty five, despite them letting me down at two fifty five last week. 
Um, so a bit of deja vu action there. In terms of the multi, we've got the Chargers minus eight versus Oakland as Mr. NFL's play. I'll throw in San Fran minus three, even though that price has flipped and a lot of the value is gone. I still think it's a win. I think they win that game. And I'll go with under 41 in the Houston-Indianapolis game as well. Um, so they're all at $1.91. Gives you six ninety-seven. You can multi-price pump at William Hill. That'll get you over the $7 mark um, if you want to have a multi-bet there. All right, that wraps up the regular season of the punt return. Um, as I said at the top of the show, we are at 55%. Hopefully a good week here will get us back into that 60 percentile range, which would just be a great success for a first season of this show and, and this format with reading the play. It's been a pleasure all season long. As we said at the top of the show, we will be back for the playoffs in a, in a reduced format, um, looking at how we're going to do that with only four games to choose from, um, and then eventually two and then eventually one. But uh, the Super Bowl show will have plenty of prop bets and the like, so we look forward to that. Please check out DFS Down Under this week. No Woot and Wire show this week, but we'll have two next week to cover uh, the Black Monday, the end of the regular season, and the first week of the postseason, and uh, we'll speak then. This has been the Punt Return. Don't forget to check out readingtheplay.com to get the winning edge on all sports and racing. You can also check out all bets mentioned on today's podcast online at wootandwhy.com. And make sure to follow each of the boys on Twitter at ThisIsWoot and at JYNFL. Or you can follow the podcast at WootandWhy. And as always, gamble responsibly. <laughs>